Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, let's get into today's teaching. This week, we start a new series entitled Spiritual Warfare Training. We're going to go on a journey. So if you, if, you, if you stick with me throughout this series, I show you that your understanding of spiritual warfare, when you began, is going to be on a whole different level. Uh, because as I, I mentioned some a uh, few weeks ago, how God wants to prepare us for spiritual warfare, prepare us to understand what's going on beyond just the surface, beyond just the surface, because we need it. Because there's some things that God has already answered, some prayers that God has already answered in your life, some things that he, has, he heard you the first time. There's some things God has already sent your way. But because of uh, spiritual attacks and, 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 and um, demons who believe they have rights to you for whatever reasons, they've, you know, some things that God has released were already stolen. So then we have to know how to war in the spirit to be able to take back what has been stolen from us. And, and I deal with it all the time. People all the time say, okay, why does it seem the Lord's not hearing my prayer? Why does it seem like things are going this direction? Why this? Why that? And, 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 getting, and taking it personal with God. And God is saying, I'm trying to teach you to war because I've already sent it. But you have to war against what's been trying to steal it from you. And that's why prayer is so important. But, but in this series, we're going to understand even the difference between prayer and spiritual warfare because we must have those tools. We must have the tools. Hear me clear. There are some things that God has already released in your life. There are some things that you prayed for that God has already heard. He has already sent the, sent the answer. And then demons around you who's been trying to uh, have influence in your life or have stolen it. They're flat out stolen. And so it's our job as children of God to fight back and take what's rightfully ours. As I say time and time again, this is a, this is a, a, a turf war. It's a battle over territory. God sent us to earth to rule, subdue, have dominion. So you have power and authority in the place God has assigned you. But at the same time, there's demons who've been hanging around there for centuries who feel like they run it. But no, you run it. So therefore, that's why God is saying we have to know how to effectively engage in spiritual warfare beyond just the surface stuff. Yeah, we know the devil is real. We know people folks tell the devil is busy and this and that, but you need to understand how his kingdom operates so we can know how to counteract anything that uh, he tries to throw our way. So again, so again, if you bear me on this journey, tonight we're going to begin our series, Spiritual Warfare Training. So understand that there's, there are things that Satan sends to break you, but if you keep praying, you will break it. And it's quite common for people to be in bondage, but don't know that they're in bondage. I'm telling you that, that because, because you have to understand how these things work. There's things that you may be going through right now that demons feel like they have access to, not through anything you've done. It could have been something that your parents done, your grandparents done, your ancestors have done, that those demons feel like they still have legal rights to attack you in your bloodline. So throughout this series, we're going to get to the root of those things so we're going to have clear understanding so we can know how to combat it. Okay? So that's why I said it's common for people to be in bondage and don't know that they're in bondage. And that's what Satan wants. However, the revival upon us will begin to change that. We thank God for the Holy Spirit to reveal to us traps and tricks of the enemy. And understand spiritual warfare is not something to be afraid of, but it's something to be aware of because we're in it whether you know it or not. We're in it whether you know it or not. So, again, it's not something to be afraid of, but it's something to be aware of because we're in this battle. We're in this war. Whether you know it or not, whether you see it or not, I assure you, we are in this war. So therefore, God is saying he wants to train us and equip us to be able to engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Okay? And with that being said, understand, God has given you access. 
to his power so that you can destroy what is trying to destroy you. Anything not of God is of Satan. Anything that rejects Christ is of Satan. It doesn't matter how nice and sweet it, sweet it sounds. If it does not glorify God through Christ Jesus, it was sent by Satan. Simple as that. And what makes the warfare so much heavier is that there are Christians who don't believe Satan is real or that demons even exist. Although we hear about it all throughout scripture. So we see it in scripture through idol worship of false gods, which are demons. Demons manifesting themselves in people, sin, disobedience, rebellion, etc. Scripture talks about Satan. He talks about the Antichrist, the dragon, etc. So keep in mind that Satan and the angels who rebelled with him are fallen angels who were cast down to earth. Some roam around seeking who they can possess. Some are in chains in hell right now, awaiting their final judgment. Some will be released before the final judgment. So it's very real, which is why spiritual warfare is very real. Satan knows he is defeated, but he wants to cause hell in the lives of God's children. And in the midst of it all, we have power over Satan and all his demons that work for him. Hence, we know that we're already victorious. We understand that. But you must walk in your victory because the fight is still taking place on this earth. And understand this. Hear me clearly. Every smile and every nice word aren't holy. If God through Christ is not the engine behind it, it is from Satan. There's people out there who call themselves good witches. There is no such thing as a good witch. They can smile. They can be nice. They can say, oh, we're trying to do, we're trying to make the world a better place. Satan is still behind it. Again, because keep in mind, scripture says that Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. So he's going to try to look like one of the good guys. If it does not glorify Christ, if it does not point to Christ, it is from Satan. There is no such thing as a good witch. Okay? So understand, we are in a war, and it's between good and evil, darkness and light. True freedom and peace come from God, and it is your divine right as a child of God. And so therefore, you must exercise that right and take back what is yours. You must exercise that right and take back what is yours. So again, that's what we're talking about this series. It's going to be very important. I assure you, if you stay with me throughout this series, your outlook on spiritual warfare will change. You may feel like, I don't know how to fight the enemy. I, I just know how to save Jesus and, and, the, and the blood of Jesus. But you will understand how his kingdom operates so that you can combat it. Because as, as I said at the beginning, there are some things that you have been going through. There are some things that have been stolen from you that had nothing to do with what you did. It could have been something from your ancestors down the line. It could have been something your parents, grandparents, so-and-so did that they feel that they can steal from you. So therefore, we must now understand how his kingdom operates so we can know how to effectively fight. And you are equipped. God wants to prepare you to know how to engage the enemy. So understand this now. So Satan is banking on you not knowing how to fight in the spirit so he can keep robbing you. So it's time to learn how to war in the spirit. And it begins and it ends with prayer. However, you must also know what God's word says. Even if you just have one or two scriptures that you have memorized, when you pray, pray that back to God. And this is very important. You need to start memorizing scriptures because God's word is very, very powerful. It is very much so a tool that's needed in spiritual warfare. Even if you start with one scripture, memorize that thing. And then when you memorize that one, start working on memorizing another scripture. Just something simple. You can memorize one scripture a week. Sometimes we look at the big thing, like, oh, it's so much word. I don't know. I can't, I can't study all that's too much for me to. One scripture a week. It's like going back to school. You're not taking a long test, but you got to understand so many things. One scripture a week. Find one scripture to meditate upon just one per week. And as you go, you might, I mean, it depends on how you operate. You might do more than one, but one scripture per week. That, that's my challenge to you. 
That's powerful, and that's power. And Satan knows that. He knows the power in God's word. So again, that's one effective tool that we need to understand. It's no longer talk about oh, what well, well, they know the Bible, they they know all these scriptures. No, that that's mem- that that takes mem- that takes memory studying. You cannot tell me that you you are incapable of, of memorizing one scripture per week. So that 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 makes it simple for you. So that takes the big daunting task away of like oh I can always oh, so much word to try just one scripture per week. And I guarantee if you do that, it will change your life because then now you when you're praying, then the word will start coming out you. You start flowing in that thing. You start flowing. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. God, you say there's no good thing you withhold from those who walk upright. Great is he that's in me, the he that's in the world. It, so it'll just start flowing. It'll start flowing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So it'll just start flowing out of you because you memorized it. So that's why, again, it, it's important to, to, to start memorizing scripture. So when you pray, again, you pray that back to God. And you also use it in spiritual warfare. Your words are powerful, but when you speak God's word over your life, it's far more powerful. So imagine if he said death and life is in the power of the tongue, imagine how powerful it is when you're now praying God's word with that same tongue that he says has power in it. So when you declare God's word, it always accomplishes something on earth. It never returns without accomplishing a goal. Understand this. When you declare God's word, it always accomplishes something in the earth. It never returns without accomplishing a goal. Satan and his demons know God's word. Watch this now. Satan and his demons know God's word. So we too should know it and apply it to our lives. The word of God is the constitution in God's government. As children of God, we are a part of God's kingdom, God's government. God's government has its own laws and rules that supersedes the things in the world. So we're in the world. We're not of the world. So the word of God is the constitution in God's government. And we need to study it. You need to know what the constitution and God's government says. So if you don't know what God's word says, watch this now. If you don't know what God's word says about you, you're living below your potential. It don't matter what goals you set. They say, if you don't know what God's word says about you, you're living below your potential because you don't know what he already said. So that's why we have to study his word. It's very important we start talking about spiritual warfare. You've got to have some word in you. You've got to have some word. You cannot be a wordless Christian. You have to have some word in you, and you're capable of it. Like I said, my challenge to you, one scripture per week. Just study one passage of scripture. You meditate that thing every day. You write it down, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it in your car, put it in your notebook, put it in your phone, and you keep on memorizing all week for seven days, seven days. And I guarantee you have that thing memorized. And then the next week you go to a new scripture because if we don't know what God's word says about us, we're living below our potential. You can choose whatever one you want, whatever one stands out to you, whatever. Maybe it's a certain thing you're dealing with. Find scriptures dealing with what you're dealing for, what you believe in God for, and meditate on one of those scriptures per week. So when you combine prayer, watch this now, when you combine prayer, God's word, and strategy, you become a spiritual assassin in Satan and his demons' biggest problem. Again, when you combine prayer, God's word, and strategy, and strategy comes from the Holy Spirit, you become a spiritual assassin in Satan and his demons' biggest problem. So understand this. You are a warrior, and warriors must know how to fight. You're God's child. But the title alone won't do you any good in spiritual warfare. But you need to walk in the power that's behind the title. I'm going to say that one more time. You're God's child. We got that. But the title alone of being God's child won't do you any good in spiritual warfare. But you need to walk in a power that's behind the title. Because when you tap into the power that comes with being a child of God, 
Because just because you are a child of God don't mean that you're walking in the power. But when you t- walk into the power that comes with being a child of God, the power and authority that God has given you, and I say it time and time again, it is impossible for you, it is impossible for me to carry out the will of God in this earth without God's power and authority. It's impossible. We cannot do it in our own strength. We cannot do it in the flesh. It is a spiritual transaction. So in order for us to carry out the will of God, we must have God's power and we must have God's authority. Once you accept Jesus Christ, you get the Holy Spirit, which is the power. It is the Holy Spirit who anoints you. It is the anointing, but we have, but we have to access different levels of that power, okay? And so a child of God in God's army who does not know how to fight in the spirit is a liability. But that's why I said God is ready to train you for warfare. And it's one thing when you just don't know. But the revival season that we've already entered in, there will be an awakening of God's people to understand what's been stealing from us and how to fight and command it to be given back. And that's one thing the Holy Spirit made it clear that God is saying, I want to let my people know that you've been coming at me with certain things, telling me, Lord, why did you take it so long? Why hasn't this happened yet? Why is this going on? Why are you allowing this? And he's saying, I'm not allowing it. You are allowing it because I've given you my power and my authority. And there's some things I've already released, but you need to open your eyes and know that there is a fight. There are some things that have been stolen. And now I'm teaching you. I'm training you. I'm going to open your spiritual eyes so you can take back what has been snatched from you illegally. Because if God's giving you territory, that means that Satan and his demons are on your territory illegally, but they feel they have legal access through various means, different things, different, like I said, I mentioned things about your ancestors. It could be sin, disobedience, a number of different things, ungodly soul ties, ungodly connections, some people who in your life that shouldn't be there, etc. The list goes on and on. But the key is that's where the Holy Spirit will come with revelation. That's why prayer is so important. That's why studying God's Word is so important, so that you can get the revelation and say, ah, oh, that's what's going on. Ah, oh, that's what's happening. Okay? And so, so that's very important for us to understand. And some battles, the Lord will fight for you. That's the beautiful thing. There's some things, there's some battles the Lord will fight for you. But there's some battles he will fight through you. We understand this. There's some battles the Lord will fight for you. But there's some battles he will fight through you. So you must make yourself available for him to use you. This is, again, why prayer is so vital. I'm just setting up the foundation. So before we get into our first passage, I'm just setting up some foundation that we're going to take off. So one reason... That prayer is so vital is because there are certain levels of God's power you cannot consistently access until you consistently pray. There are certain levels of God's power you cannot consistently access until you consistently pray. Okay? And so spiritual warfare is not spooky. It's not scary. But it's confronting Satan and his demons on behalf of God to remind them that we run this. I'm going to say that again. Spiritual warfare is not spooky. It's not scary. But it is confronting Satan and his demons on behalf of God to remind them that we run this. God sent us on earth to rule, subdue, and have dominion. He said, do business until I return. Do business on my behalf. We're making business transactions on earth on God's behalf. He's funding this thing in heaven's bank account. He's calling the shots. He's telling us what you to go do is I want you to minister over here. I want you to do this over here. So therefore, there's demons who are on earth who are trying to stop God's will. 
who are trying to frustrate our lives, who are trying to push us back, who are trying to make us feel that we're not who we are, who are trying to make us see, not see who we are in God. Because if you could see yourself like God sees you, then you wouldn't settle for some of the things you've been selling for. If you see yourself how God sees you, you wouldn't be putting up with some of the things that you have put up with. So then it's the opening of your eyes in a paradigm shift. That's a mindset change, a mind shift. So all we're doing in spiritual warfare is simply confront Satan and his demons on behalf of God to let them know, hey, you don't run this. We run this. God's kingdom run this. And it is my job, it is your job to bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That's part of our, our, our Father prayer. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. That's what we do. We're bringing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, as heaven's ambassador, Christ's ambassador. And so therefore, if they're for demons or uninvited guests on our territory, they don't like us and we don't like them. However, we're more powerful. We just need to know how to access that power. So we must understand that everything God creates, I say it time and time again, everything God creates, Satan tries to duplicate. Satan is not an original. However, as Satan attempts to duplicate, he's trying to duplicate an evil and twisted version of what God has created. So understand, but you are an original creation by God, and there was never and will never be another like you. You cannot be duplicated. Destructive cycles in our lives are caused by demons. And if they see any opening, they will influence others to connect with you to continue the cycle until you are delivered, uh, until you're delivered and the cycle is broken. So, of course, you would have to be delivered from it. But again, this, that's why you notice some of you, you notice certain patterns. I keep going through this destructive cycle. I keep, this thing keeps coming up in my life. I keep facing the same thing over and over and over again, and I'm trying to shake it. I don't know why. Some of you, you, some of you don't know why you feel the way you feel sometimes. You feel like, what is this mood that always, always overcomes me all the time? And I, and I get in these bad moods, and nothing happened. The day was going great, and all of a sudden, something just hit me. It's, again, these are these spirits that are trying to influence you. They're seeds that have been sown in your life or around your life that try to keep you in bondage. But the beautiful thing about it is, is God has placed a sword in your hand, and you must learn to use it to fight what has been fighting you in the spirit. You can no longer sit back and let the works of Satan control your life. Command every demon trying to ruin your life to leave. God has given you the power and authority to do that. You are a king or a queen on earth, and you don't have to settle for crumbs because God has given you access to the entire palace. God has given you access to the entire palace. You have to fight for what's yours sometimes. You're not weak because God is not weak. Stop saying I'm weak. You're not weak because God is not weak. Your flesh may be weak, but your spirit is not weak because God is not weak. Stop leaning on your feelings and start leaning on your faith. Okay? Uh, before we get to our first passage, understand there's two sides in spiritual warfare. Two sides. This is my introduction. There are two sides in spiritual warfare, God's side and Satan's side. There is no in-between. It's good versus evil. And the beautiful thing is God's side always wins. And that's why I say that, you know, there can be folks who can come and smile and say nice things and be presenting themselves in a certain way. But if it does not point to Christ, if they do have not accepted Christ, Jesus as his Lord and personal Savior, if he is not their head, it is from Satan. As I said before, there is no such thing as no good witch. I remember some years ago there was these uh, – uh, for a football game years ago, I think when the New England Patriots went to the Super Bowl, they were, I don't even think they made it that year, but these witches who were praying, you know, said they were praying for, for the New England Patriots to, to, to go to the Super Bowl and, you know, that they were, you know, good witches. 
Who were they praying to? They weren't praying to God, the Father of Jesus. They weren't praying to our God. But they came across, oh, we're good. We don't, we don't do any harm to anyone. We're just here to – no, no, no. They, 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 it's no such thing as a good witch. As I said before, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Think about some people who came in your life who, who, who pre- presented themselves as one way, but they came out turned out to be another. That's the same way Satan operates. Okay? So it's only two sides. That's the first point. The first point in this lesson tonight is there are only two sides in spiritual warfare, God's side and Satan's side. Good versus evil and God's side's win. Let's go to Matthew 13. Matthew 13, verses 24 through 25. And again, our topic is spiritual warfare training. Tonight is part one. Matthew 13, verses 24 through 25. And it reads, Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. So here we find this passage, uh, this one example of spiritual warfare right here. We, We find Jesus telling a story about someone who sowed good seeds. But the enemy came and sowed weeds to grow when the crops began to grow. So in other words, when the wheat started growing, the enemy had came and sowed some seeds overnight so that now the weeds or the tares are growing to try to choke up what was planted. So bad seeds were sown among good seeds. So this, this example shows us one tactic of the enemy in warfare. For starters, Satan and his demons want to catch us sleeping. Not just physically sleeping, but spiritually sleeping. He wants to catch us off our game. He wants to catch us when we're weak. We're all up in our flesh. We're all up in our feelings. That's why you got to get out of your feelings. Stop being led by your feelings and your emotion because they can get you in trouble and feelings change all the time. That's why we have to be led by the Spirit. Scripture says as many as are led by the Spirit to them have the right to become children of God. So we have to be led by the Spirit, not by our feelings, not by our flesh, but led by the Spirit. So in other words, they want to sow bad seeds when you aren't looking or they want to try to trick us. So occult practices like witchcraft, sorcery, divination, etc., and other evil spirits attempt to cast spells, curses, and plant negative seeds during this time while most people sleep. Yes, there are such things as uh, witchcraft. Yes, there are such things as witches. Not, not a witch with, with, with a, you see, with the wizards with the little hat on and flying around, etc. We're talking about real people who have been infiltrated by Satan and his demons and agents of Satan, human agents of Satan that, that have been possessed and who have literally sold themselves out to the devil, if you will. And so, and, and so that's part of their job. And, and so is to, to try to cast spells, to try to sow seeds, et cetera, to try to stop God's children. Okay. And so these occult practices, like I said, they try to sow negative seeds while we're sleeping. And this is why the enemy tries to attack us in our sleep and try to enter through our dreams through the demon known as Mare. We talked about this before. Uh, M-A-R-E. You heard nightmare. And, you know, nightmare. Well, I had a horrible nightmare. But Mare, M-A-R-E, is an actual demon. That's the name of a demon. Mare. And understand, but there are demonic forces who can cause them. And this is why it's important to pray before you go to sleep. And so when you hear the term occult, when you hear you know, occult practices or that they're part of the occult, it is those who seek or operate in hidden or secret knowledge pertaining to things like magic, mystical, voodoo, astrology, tarot cards, psychics, necromancy. And necromancy is pretty much supposedly communicating with the dead. 
but you're not communicating with the dead. You communi- you're communicating with demons who pose as the dead. So if if if, if you or someone in your family, you, you think, oh, you know, I, 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 you're trying to communicate with, 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 with a deceased loved one, you're not communicating with them. When we die, we go to heaven, or we go to hell. We're not communicating with them any longer, okay? Now, if they're in heaven, they can see uh, certain things that happen in our lives, all the good things, and, you know, they, they don't miss your birthday. They don't miss, you know, great – they can see it in heaven. But they're not entrenched in all it because they're in heaven. So the only thing they're declaring is, I declare you will be the man or woman of God that God call, called you to be. But you're not communicating with them. And so, and you see, I've seen those things on TV, the long island medium and all these people like that who seem like so nice, wonderful people. But when you access that spirit realm, that demonic realm, and if they'll be like, oh, that's exactly what they used to tell me. That's exactly what they said to me. Yeah, oh, I see this person. They look like this. And, they, and they, you know, like they're summoning up the dead. They're not summoning the dead. That, that scripture forbids it. It talks about that. You're not summoning the dead. You're summoning a demonic spirit who are posing as the, as the dead. And why are they able to do that? Because they know us. There's something called familiar spirits. Familiar spirits study us. It's their job to study how you move, the things that you like, the things that you don't like. And it's their job to then report the higher-ranking demons to say, how to attack us? Okay, you can attack them because they, or oh, they got a weakness for men, or oh, they got, or oh, they got, or oh, they got a weakness for women. Oh, oh man, you can get them right. Oh, they flesh is, oh they, they are lustful for something. Oh, we lust on God. Oh, we don't got lust all up in them. So now there's more room for us to attack. Okay, and so that's what familiar, familiar spirits do. They study you. They just study you. They follow you around. They study you. But again, the beautiful thing about this, nothing to be afraid of because you have guarding angels who who guard you and protect you. But I'm just showing you how this works. These familiar spirits study you. So that's why. You got folks who talk about they're communicating with the dead. It's really demonic spirits because these demonic spirits who have studied you, okay, if someone dies, they can mimic them. They can pose as them, look like them, and say and do the things that they did because they studied them their whole entire life, okay? So that's what happened. So there's no such thing as communicating with the dead. I want to make that clear because if you do that, you're now opening portals for de- demonic attack in your life. These are called practices. What they do I said there's hidden secrets and hidden knowledge and hidden powers, etc. It's a big deal to keep it secret in their society because how they operate. So it's a big deal to keep it secret how they operate unless you're a part of their secret society or whatever. So it, like I said, it's like a secret society, and it aim, their aims and goals may vary, but it's all influenced in Satan's kingdom. So many of you feel like you've done well by others, and you try to live a peaceful life, but it seems like trouble always seems to find you. And it's not so much about what you've done, but what has been done while you were sowing good seeds. So don't be discouraged because we see here that Jesus let us know that the enemy will attempt to sow bad seeds in our lives. Again, the enemy will attempt to sow bad seeds in our lives. So when we recognize in our lives, we now know how to attack it in spiritual warfare. So therefore, you must open up your mouth and speak crop failure to every seed that demons have sowed in or around your life. And you have to declare that it will not take root. So, again, this is very important. You have to open your mouth. God gave your mouth. He gave you words. So, therefore, we know that the enemy tries to sow seeds in our lives while we're sleeping. We know that the enemy tries to sow seeds in our lives to certain people that he sends it for us to connect with that wasn't sent by God. Uh, whether it's been past relationships, whether, you know, things that have been toxic, things that have brought you down. So, therefore, you have to open your mouth literally and declare Crop failure. You have to say, I declare crop failure to every seed the enemy has sold in or around my life. You have to speak that because then now you're, that's, you're engaging in warfare when you do this. Now you're engaging the enemy. So I'm, I'm declaring crop failure right now to every seed the enemy has declared um, that the enemy has sown in your life in or around your life. And I declare that it will not take root. It will not grow. It will not grow with you. 
So understand, Satan and his demons have attempted to sow seeds in your life, and it can go way back, like I said earlier, to your ancestors. It could be in relationships, friendships, your jobs, finances, health, etc. So once you recognize something that you know is not from God in your life, once you recognize something that you know is not from God or that is not of God in your life, you must pray for revelation to locate the seed in the spirit. Follow me now. You've got to locate the seed. Whenever there are recurring problems or attacks in specific areas in your life, certain patterns that are toxic, certain patterns that pull you down, certain patterns that take you out of your character, that take you outside of the child of God, uh, the character of, the, uh, of God that's in you, whenever you notice those constant cycles, it can be traced back to a seed that was planted by Satan. I assure you it will be traced back to a seed. And some of you can go back to your childhood and see some of the things that you had to overcome then because Satan and his demons felt they had rights to you through your family bloodline. We'll get into family bloodline later um, in, another ser- in another part of this series. But if you're, if you're to be married, watch this now. If God has ordained for you to be married, if you are to be married, Satan doesn't want you to be married. If you are married, he doesn't want you to be happily married. He wants to keep you broke. He wants to keep you depressed. He wants to keep you sad, lonely, and to steal any and every blessing sent to you from God. So as spiritual agents of Christ, it is our duty to investigate what is going on. And we investigate by seeking God and getting revelation from the Holy Spirit. The modern agents of Satan, their goal are to stop you from seeing the hand that they played in your life. So they, it's like they throw the rock and hide the hand. Satan and his demons hate to be exposed because they are automatically weakened. When, when you get revelation on what's attacking you, when you get revelation on what's going on, they're weakened. So right now they're weakened just because you have revelation. They're weakened now because we're having this conversation, okay, because now they're being exposed. Now your eyes are open. I, I know the Holy Spirit is beginning to deal each one of you individually as, you, as we go through this. Certain things are going to click for you. So understand, Satan is frightened by revelation that you receive from the Holy Spirit because he knows that it gives you more ammunition to use in spiritual warfare. Understand that Satan cannot get revelation. He cannot get revelation from God. Because the Holy Spirit seeks out the deep things of God and then reveals it to us. But Satan is no longer in communication with God. He does not commune with God. All he does is he's an accuser. He goes to God and tries to accuse us of things we've done. But watch this now. Follow me now. Remember I said that everything God creates, Satan duplicates? There are angels who work on your behalf, sent by God, and they report back to God about you. Like, oh, this is going on with them, Lord. This, this, this is what's happening. So they report whether good, bad, what's going on. They go back and report it to God. But Satan, again, everything God creates, Satan tries to duplicate. So the same we have angels that are reporting unto God, what does Satan try to do? He tries to report, or he has demons trying to report to bring accusations against us. Like, oh, look what they're doing, God. Oh, oh look what they did last night. Oh, look what they did. Uh, and try to keep us in bondage, try to make you feel guilty to stay in it. But you, that's why repentance is so important. You have to repent of your sins, known and unknown. So that Satan can no longer hold that against you. Okay? So then that's what he, he and accused us. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So he accuses us. Okay? And so what I'm saying goes back to Revelation. Satan can't get intel from, from, from God. So Satan gets intel from us. Whatever the Holy Spirit reveals to us, and we begin to talk about it, Satan says, oh, that's what's going on. Okay. That's what's happening. Okay. Revival's coming. Okay. What? Okay. And, and he knows certain things about us already. Okay? And so he said, okay, I see, okay, I see God has really got a hedge of protection. Think about Job. When Satan attacked Job, God allowed it because God said, you can send my servant Job. And, so, and even Satan was like, well, I can't get to him because you've got a hedge of protection all around him, but I bet if you take that hedge down, he's going to curse you, et cetera, et cetera. And so that was a different, uh, a different situation. But because, again, we have that hedge of protection around us. 
But when there's certain breaches through sin, disobedience, through something else, through ungodly connections, through something that's going on in our bloodline that's been going on for generations, that's when they feel that they have legal access to then attack you and to infiltrate you and to cause hell and havoc in your life. Okay? Now, we know that the enemy is going to attack. Jesus spoke of it. He said, well, be of good cheer because I have already overcome the world. Okay? And so, again, Satan cannot get revelation. He gets revelation from us. Uh, as the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. But when we get revelation, that gives us more ammunition for spiritual warfare. And for every attack from Satan and his demons, you are equipped with a far more powerful counterattack. I'll say that again. For every attack from Satan and his demons, you are equipped with a far more powerful counterattack. So you just have to tap into your power. And so this passage lets us know that there is an enemy trying to work against us. This is just a, a, a foundational passage to let us know there's an enemy working against us trying to sow negative seeds in our lives when we're trying to do the things of God. So we all have been and will be attacked by Satan and his demons, but we all have the power to overcome him through the blood of Jesus Christ. So in other words, we win. All right. All right. Uh, let's go to 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. 1 Peter 5. 8 through 9. All right. And it reads, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So we know that Satan and his demons go about earth looking whom they may devour. Demons are looking for any opening possible through sin and disobedience, whether from you or from your parents or those before you. They're looking to gain access to you through you, hooking up with the wrong people. They will jump on the wave of negative words spoken to you or over you. And this is why you must rebuke and cast down the seed of negative words spoken to you so it does not take root because words attach to something. Every word attaches to something. So if you know there were some negative things that were spoken to you about you, whether you heard someone say some negative things about you, in the spirit realm, you have to rebuke those words and cast it down so it does not take root. So that that word that they sent to you does not take root. So you have to cast it down in the spirit realm. So I, I rebuke any negative words that has been spoken over your life in the name of Jesus. So the same thing when you're going, I rebuke, you know, whatever the specific thing is. I rebuke it. I cancel it. You know, in other words, you're canceling the assignment of those words. Because every word that we speak attaches to something, whether positive or negative. So if someone has spoken something negative about you, then in the spirit realm, you can cancel those words in the spirit realm. That's why it's a spiritual thing. It's happening. So that's why you can never think that your words are effective. You can never think that your prayers aren't effective. Because, again, there is a war going. There is a spiritual warfare that is going on around us, and that's why we have to pray. And that's why at the same time God is saying that you have to open your mouth. You have to fight. You have to rebuke the enemy. You have to come up against the seeds that have been sown. So I'm just giving you some things to, that you can say when you're dealing with, with spiritual warfare because these are tools that you need to use because they understand authority. Demons understand authority. They know you have the power and authority of Jesus Christ. And so they have to obey. They have to back off. Sometimes it's a fight where they may be stubborn and may feel like, no, I have rights to you because this happened and I'm not leaving. And so you got to keep fighting until they leave. Until they back off, until they're completely weakened. Like I said, they're weakened, but then sometimes they go back and get more strength. When you, That's why they try to catch their sleepers. That's why you can't be off your game. you got to stay on top of it. Stay on top of your game. Stay on top of your prayer game. Stay on top of your studying. Okay? Because, again, you weaken them, and eventually you're going to cause them to flee, to leave you. So keep your eyes open through prayer, and God will expose the devil and the traps that have been set in your life. This scripture says that he goes about like a roaring lion. If Satan is going about like a roaring lion, he's looking to tear us apart. But he knows he can only attack us in one of two ways, if God allows it 
or if we or someone in our bloodline allows it through sin, disobedience, ungodly covenants, etc. So he must still be governed by the laws of the spirit realm. So we're told to resist the devil and to be strong in our faith, according to this passage. So we are supposed to resist the devil and be strong in our faith. Resist the devil and be strong. In other words, keep the faith. So we see from uh, and understand that attacks may come, but we have already overcome. So we see from verse 9 that we all will experience tough times from attacks, but we must keep the faith because our faith in God will give us strength to fight through and literally break through any walls the enemy has erected against your life. So you have to tell the devil and his crew to leave in Jesus' name. God sent you to earth to rule, and you must evict the devil out of your life. And Satan and his demons are looking for territory to take. They look, Like I said, it's a turf war over territory. They're looking for families and households to take. This is another reason why God told us to rule on earth. You would fight to – watch this now. You would fight to protect those you love in the natural, but more importantly, you must fight to protect them and yourself in the spirit realm. All right, let's go to Mark 5. Mark 5, verses 1 through 10. Mark 5, verses 1 through 10. We're talking about spiritual warfare training. Mark 5, verses 1 through 10. And it reads, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I am told you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. So here we find this passage. It was a man who was possessed by an unclean spirit. And this unclean spirit had tormented this man for a long time. It was so bad until he was causing ruckus. The spirit that possessed this man literally began to cause ruckus in the lives of other folks. And so they had to bind, bound him in chains. But this demonic spirit, because it was spirit, was so strong in him until uh, he was able to break the chains that they put him in. And so the physical chains were only symbolic of the spiritual chains that this man was in. He would cry at night and attempt to cut himself because it was what the demonic spirit that had possessed him convinced him to do. In other words, when Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, so, so literally the spirit was trying to kill this man. We talk about you know, folks who you know, commit suicide, suicidal spirits, that, that, that Satan tries to convince people that taking their life is better than, than, than living their life on earth for God. It's a spirit. It's a tormenting spirit. And so this man was crying at night. He was cutting himself, et cetera. These spirits were messing with his mind. They planted negative seeds in his mind in an attempt to kill him. And, and, and see, and that's why I tell you about these seeds. When a seed is sown, either it can be plucked up or it can be watered. And so if this unclean spirit is trying to attack, it's being watered through more sin. It's being watered through disobedience. It's being watered through ungodly covenants, et cetera. And so it could start as one negative thought, and then a negative thought can grow if it's not cast down. If it's not rebuked, then that's how one small thought, one small seed can then grow into a much bigger issue. A seed of stress can then make room, if it's not cast down, cast out, can then turn into the spirit of depression. Spirit of depression can turn into a spirit of schizophrenia, mental issues. It starts with a small seed, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm teaching you to understand that you have to cast out these seeds. You have to rebuke these seeds and speak properly to these seeds until you get to the root 
to see what the seed is, to see what it is that's causing it. We know that there's the, the enemy, Satan, and his demons are trying to, but we need to get to the root of what exactly that root is so we can call it out, cast it out, uh, and know how to attack it. And so, uh, but in this passage, Jesus showed up. In other words, power and authority showed up. So whenever the devil shows up in your life, make sure the power and authority of Jesus Christ shows up in you. So when Jesus showed up, the demons immediately knew who he was and understood power and authority. The demons immediately asked Jesus not to torment them. Now these demons were tormenting the man, but now they were asking Jesus not to torment them. Demons recognize your power and your authority, but they only acknowledge it when you acknowledge that you have it. And that's why I say you have to learn to open up your mouth and war against them. You know, we're praying to God, but you war against those spirits. And that's literally engaging them, literally talking to them, coming up against them, letting them know that they, they cannot have your children, letting them know they cannot have your finances, they cannot have your health, they cannot have your mind. They will not cause any more hell on your job because if God planted you there, he expects you to flourish there. The job that you have that you're on right now, why he still has you there, if there's folks that's causing hell, then it's your job to bring order in the spirit realm because God has found you there. And understand, demons are afraid of the name of Jesus, but they really react when the power and authority of Jesus is alive in a person that's calling on the name of Jesus. So when you call on the name of Jesus and you have that power and authority and you know who you're talking about, those demons have to recognize it. They have to react. They have to respond. So demons are afraid when you show up, but if they realize you aren't walking in your power and your authority today, they'll carry on business as usual. That's why daily we got to pick up our cross. Daily we have to put on the full armor of God. So you must make, make them uncomfortable through your obedience to God's will. You must make them uncomfortable by letting them know they're not welcome in your life, nor do they have a right to your life, even if they feel that they do. So we see in this verse, they knew who Jesus was and they were afraid, but they only left when Jesus commanded them to. They were afraid. They knew who Jesus was. They knew, they knew who he was. They knew the authority and the power that he carried, but they only left when Jesus told them to leave. So therefore, again, you must open up your mouth and command every demon and every seed, any demon planet, to leave your life in the name of Jesus. And this is also why it's important to speak God's word and command angels God assigned to you to go to work in your life. You also have the power to put angels to work on your behalf. You can command angels. You can say, oh, the angels that... God, that you sent, I, I command the angels to go. I, I, I command the warring angels to war, on, to war on my behalf. I command the warring angels to fight on my behalf. It's spiritual warfare. So, so you have to know how to engage, how to go about it. You're not fighting it yourself. You also have so much power at your, at your hand, at your fingertip. You can now command the warring angels from heaven to fight the war on your behalf. And, and understand this, that every time you put in work through prayer to God, God's angels put in work on your behalf. So much happens when you pray. That's why, again, as God made it clear that prayer is not just the answer. Prayer is the only answer. God's army is far larger and far more powerful than Satan's army. So you have no legitimate reason to worry. You have no legitimate reason to be afraid. Because guess what? Guess what fear is? Fear is a spirit. It's a demonic spirit. That's why scripture says God, God has not given you the spirit of fear. But of love, power, and the sound fear is of the enemy. And when Scripture talks about fearing God, it's talking about a reverence, a respect for God. The fear that Satan tries to sow in our lives is the fear of being afraid and, you know, and trying to go into hiding. You have power and you have authority. Satan has, uh, when he's doing it, he has a large bark, but no bite compared to your power. Okay? So that's why, again, understand our power and our authority. We have to tap into it. So Jesus asked the demons what their name was. And they said, Legion. Now, these were the demons that were in this man. 
They said legion. He said, because there were many. And some legion could consist of 6,000 demons. 6,000. So it's possible this man had 6,000 demons living in him. And you saw it. You notice why they were so powerful, the breaking the chains, all that. So this was going on for a long time. Some families have had legions tormented them for generations. But you can put a stop to it and be that interruption in your bloodline by engaging in spiritual warfare to eradicate it from impacting your family any further. Could it be that you are the interruption in your bloodline? Could it be that you are the one who's going to change the course of your family history or what's been trying to attack your family, what's been trying to keep your family in bondage? The patterns that you notice that certain people in your family have done, you know, it's a pattern of, of divorce, you know, in the pattern of adultery, you know, in a, a pattern of alcoholism, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on. Molestation, etc. You can put an end to that. And there's some demons specifically assigned to families and bloodlines. There are some demons that are specifically assigned to your family. And they're called generational demons. And some generational demons try to have spiritual marriages with other generational demons to keep your bloodline in bondage to whatever has been it's been holding over you. And this is why covenant is important. This is why you can't link up with just anybody. Who you hang with is important. Who you listen to is important. There are gates to your entire bloodline, and as a leader in your bloodline, you have the power and authority to block certain things from entering or leaving. You have to control the gates of your family. And remember in Genesis, God told us to be fruitful and multiply. Demons also try to do that as well. For tougher assignments, some demons come together to strengthen themselves in an attempt to completely take a person out. They understand the power of numbers and the power of unity. And this one man was possessed by 6,000 demons. However, 6,000 demons were still no match for the power and authority of Jesus Christ. When the power and authority showed up, they had to listen. Power and authority of Jesus Christ is on your side. And that means no demon from hell can beat you unless you let them. All right. Now I'm going to go to point number two. Point number two. There is a difference between prayer and spiritual warfare. Okay. There's a difference between spiritual Prayer and spiritual warfare. My first point was that there are only two sides in spiritual warfare, God's side and Satan's side, good versus evil, and God's sides win. So again, the second point, there's a difference between prayer and spiritual warfare. Prayer is your communication with God. You are literally communing with God and maintaining and building your relationship with him. This is prayer. There is so much to God, it would take all of eternity to know more about him and still not know all of him. So prayer is also your currency. Watch this now. Prayer is your currency used to make spiritual transactions from heaven to earth. Remember, we talk about God's government. Prayer is the currency of God's government. So prayer is your currency used to make spiritual transactions from heaven to earth. So prayer is how you bring God's kingdom on earth as it already is in heaven. Prayer is also your war cry. Prayer and spiritual warfare must go hand in hand. Spiritual warfare is a spiritual war between God's army and Satan's army. So you must be armed spiritually through prayer and God's word, which strengthen your spirit to be able to enter into spiritual warfare. If you go into spiritual warfare without having already formed a habit of praying unto God, it's like going into a war without strategy, guidance, or full protection. So you still need the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in the midst of warfare. You are able to engage the devil and his demons in spiritual warfare because you are coming in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why you can engage them. You are covered in the blood of Jesus. That's why you can engage demons. You have warring angels also fighting on your behalf. So it's a team effort. 
This is when you begin to literally war with your words, spiritual warfare, when you begin to literally war with your words and the word of God. You command what has been attacking you or someone else to leave. You plead the blood of Jesus. You rebuke demons. You cast them out. You bind them up. So you can easily go from warfare back into prayer to God. So like I said, the two go hand in hand. So God doesn't just want you to ask him to deliver you, but he wants to use you to go and fight what has been tormenting you. All right, let's go to 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 6. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 6. It reads, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, which means physical, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Here we find Apostle Paul, he was defending his ministry. There were those who were going around who were tempted to discredit his ministry and the gospel of Jesus Christ that Paul was preaching. So understand the opposition will come when you're doing the right thing, but you already have the victory. And this is another example showing us that it is not a flesh fight. If you fight in the flesh, you're still losing battle. You're playing right into Satan's hands. It's a spiritual battle. So our weapons are not of the world because worldly weapons cannot accomplish anything in a war in a spiritual realm. The greatest bomb, the greatest tanks, the greatest nuclear weapons that we have created in the world cannot do anything in spiritual warfare. It won't work. It will cause no fear into the devil's heart because it's physical. It is a spiritual war, and that's why we have to use our spiritual weapons. And they talk about a stronghold in verse 4 when it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is a demonic uh, or a demonic stronghold is an incorrect thought pattern, an incorrect thought pattern. It could be simple. It could be a simple seed that any plant in our mind, and we believe it, even though it's a lie. However, based on our flesh, our feelings, we may believe it for a period of time until we correct that thought pattern with the truth of God's word. So we must cast down that stronghold. You must renounce it and cast it down in the spirit. So does any any thought patterns that you know you're thinking, okay, even even as a single individual, oh, I don't know if I'm going to ever get mad. Oh, this is just how it will be. I guess this, I'm just going to be broke. This is just the situation. You know, you can't speak those words over your life. It's a thought pattern that's not that, – that any thought pattern that's contrary to the word of God, you need to cast that down. You have to pull down that stronghold in the name of Jesus. So you literally open your mouth. I pull down every stronghold in my life, and you renounce it. I renounce the words, negative words that I have spoken over my life, negative words that someone else has spoken over. You renounce it. That's part of warfare. And a stronghold in general is referred to as a castle, a fortress, or anything that was fortified. So you think like just a big castle or a big wall, something that was fortified, it was protected. So in this passage, uh, it was talking about, it was figuratively speaking of a fortified wall of defense that was based on arguments and reasoning, reasoning of the philosophers of that time and the teachers of that time. Who used, who used their philosophies to try to discredit the word of God. This was a spiritual issue. With our spiritual weapons, we can pull down these strongholds. And this passage paints a picture of how the enemy will attempt to build a stronghold or a wall around you and hide behind it while attempting, attempting to use that wall as a defense against us or offense against the followers of Christ. So we're at to tear down those walls and anything that tries to exalt itself above God or against God's will. 
So any thought pattern contrary to God's will is Satan's attempt to exalt himself above the truth of God. So you must cast it down in Jesus' name. Cast down every stronghold, every wall that the enemy has tried to erect in your life. You cast it down in the name of Jesus. You say, I break every – you open your mouth and say, I break every stronghold that has been erected in my life in the name of Jesus. So again, it goes back to warfare. You have to war with your words. Open up your mouth. You have to break down the strong. That's warfare. As I said, it's, warfare is engaging the enemy because you're coming in the power of Jesus Christ. The power of the third Jesus Christ, you engage and you open up your mouth and say, I pull down, I break down, I destroy every stronghold, every wall the enemy has tried to set up in my life. I break through them in the name of Jesus. These, these are some of your words that you see but when you're engaging the enemy. Uh, and, and, and you get more specific on that, whatever else you want against, whether it's your kids, your you know, family, whether it's your job, the, the, you know, your health, your finances. You, you, it's more, you get more specific in what you're warring against the enemy with. So you must tear down walls set up by the enemy through prayer study of God's word, praise and worship, and obedience. You have the ability to demolish the strongholds, take captive, and punish disobedience in the spirit. And the way you punish disobedience is simply through obedience. And understand, you are royalty of God, sent from him to rule on earth on his behalf. Therefore, you must take your place. And this is very important to understand when it comes to deliverance. Not only must we be delivered from anything that has held us in bondage, but we are expected to also be able to deliver others to the power of Jesus Christ at work in our lives. So you cannot help bring deliverance in the life of another unless you have first been delivered. So understand, there are many weapons we can use in spiritual warfare, including our spiritual gifts. However, I outlined just seven of them, seven key weapons. The name of Jesus, you can put down also the blood of Jesus, but the name of Jesus, number two, the word of God, number three, prayer and fasting, number four, angels, number five, praise and worship, Number six, the power of your words. And number seven, love. When I say love, because showing the love of Christ to your enemies, it says that when you, when you, when you, when you do good to your enemies or unite to your enemies, it's like putting hot coal on their heads. It burns them up. They can't stand it. So, again, I say the seven key weapons, the name of Jesus or the blood of Jesus. Number two, the word of God. Number three, prayer and fasting. Number four, angels. Number five, praise and worship. Number six, the power of your words. And number seven, love. And when I say prayer and fasting, it was a, a scripture, and the disciples didn't understand why they couldn't cast out the demon of the young girl, etc. And uh, Jesus said, some come out only through prayer and fasting. Some demons come out only through prayer and fasting. Some deliverance only comes through prayer and fasting. So in other words, that prayer and fasting is going to get you to a certain place in the spirit to be able to understand and recognize more what's going on so you can now know how to attack it. My last point, number three, there must be a strategy in spiritual warfare. There must be a strategy in spiritual warfare. Let's go to our last passage, 2 Chronicles 20, verses 18 to 22. 2 Chronicles 20, verses 18 to 22, it says, You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Korthites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness, wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went about before the army and were saying, 
Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had came against Ju- Judah, and they were defeated. So we see in this passage, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah at the time, and he prayed to God because the enemy army was going to attack. He fasted and prayed. Again, we said one of the key weapons in warfare. He fasted and prayed to God and ordered a fast for the entire city. And the Lord, and from that revelation came, the Lord told Jehoshaphat a few verses prior that the battle was not his, but it was the Lord's. The Lord said that they will not have to fight in this particular battle. This, again, shows that there are some battles that can only be won in the spirit. Truthfully, every battle is first won or lost in the spirit. So their praise confused the enemy as they began to sing praise unto God because that was the instruction they received. Different strategy this time. They didn't have to fight. They just were supposed to praise God. And so the praise confused the enemy, and Judah won the battle. So your praise is powerful. Again, I mentioned another weapon. Your praise and worship is powerful. Even when we look surrounded and like we are defeated, we must know that we have already won. Our praise to God also wins battles. We can praise him knowing the victory has already been won regardless of what it looks like. When you're hurting and you're going through certain things, begin to praise God because that's another weapon of warfare. Give God praise even when it looks like, looks hopeless because praise has a proven record of producing results. And notice that for this particular battle, the strategy changed. That's why I say my point three. There must be a strategy in spiritual warfare. This time the strategy changed. All they were to do was stand in position. Don't move. They were to stand in position. Don't move. So we should never run ahead of God in battle. There are some battles where we don't even have to get on the field. Although we're in the battle, the strategy may change, and we must adapt. So had they went and fought, watch this now, had they went and fought in this particular battle, they would have suffered damage and lost the battle because it was not God's instruction. So obedience is key. What does God want you to do about this situation? What is the Holy Spirit leading you to do in this situation? So we must always be ready to change roles or strategy in different seasons. Your role and your assignment may change in different seasons. You should never get too comfortable with doing just one thing because God is the God of a new thing. I'm going to say that again. You should never get comfortable with doing just one thing because God is the God of a new thing. God is always adding onto your tool belt. You should be able to advance in ranks over the course of your life. If you're in battle and fighting in the wrong position, you open to higher levels of attack that you were not equipped to deal with. As you advance, your position and your responsibilities will change. Things will be added on to your tool belt. This is why we must stay in communication with our commander-in-chief, which is God. Begin the three points. Number one, there are only two sides of spiritual warfare, God's side and Satan's side, good versus evil, and we know that God's sides win. Number two, there is a difference between prayer and spiritual warfare. We discussed that. And number three, there must be a strategy in spiritual warfare. Okay, so those are three basic points I want you to take away with today. And we talked about how you cast down those strongholds, come up against those seeds that the enemy is trying to sow in or around your life. Okay, and again, tonight was just the introduction for spiritual warfare training. Of course, you need to go back and listen to it. Go back and study the notes. Because, again, we're going to we're going to add precept upon precept. Next, we're going to add another layer on to it. So we're going to make sure that you get this first part. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We grow because we have to continue to hear God's word, continue to study it. So it's very important because, again, I say that if you stick with me through this, you're going to have a whole different look on spiritual warfare and why it's important, why we need to engage in it. Because, again, there's some things that God has already released that Satan's stolen. It's our job to take it back. It's our job to defend the territory that God has assigned to us. So I will close us on out in prayer. 
Father God, we come now to the end of this Bible study, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for the words that went forth tonight, O oh God. We thank you for preparing us to engage in spiritual warfare and teaching us, O oh God, of how to begin to engage the enemy in warfare, O oh God. And we know tonight, O oh God, that uh, Satan and his demon were exposed tonight, O oh God. So right now I come up against any counterattack of the enemy tonight, O oh God. I declare that there's a hedge of protection all around these your people, O oh God. And I declare that uh, they, sh- they shall wake up to the power and authority that's in them, O oh God, that they shall no longer roll over, run into hiding, or be afraid of the attacks of the enemy, O oh God. But they shall learn to fight back, O oh God. And I thank you, dear God, that tonight, O oh God, is a- another step forward, O oh God, that they shall not step backwards but it's a step forward in the things of you, oh God. I thank you right now, oh God, that every seed that has been sown in or around your life, oh God, I declare crop for you till now, uh, are rooted right now in the name of Jesus. I declare that it shall not take root in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. I come against every stronghold. I break every stronghold, every wall the enemy has set up or erected in their lives. I pull down now in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. I declare these your people are covered in the blood of Jesus, O oh God. I declare the spirit of peace, O oh God, resting upon their homes oh, tonight. Holy Spirit, I declare great revelation. Great revelation begin to flow to them. Open up their eyes. Open up their ears that they may hear, O oh God. Holy Spirit, give them revelation of what's been trying to attack them. Give them revelation of what the enemy has, has, has done to steal from them. In the mighty name of Jesus, O oh God, speak to them, Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, O oh God, for all you're doing in their lives, O oh God. We thank you for their assignment, O oh God. I thank you for strength, O oh God, for the journey, O oh God. Some of these, your people have gotten tired on the journey, O oh God. They got tired of fighting, O oh God. But let them know, O oh God, that it's not a physical fight. It is a spiritual fight. But I speak strength to them now, O oh God. I speak strength to their spirits now in the name of Jesus. That they shall not go weary in well-doing, O oh God. For, Lord, you said we shall reap if we faint not. So I thank you, O oh God, that these, your people, they shall reap, O oh God. They shall reap a harvest, a great return, O oh God. For great was their faithfulness, O oh God. I declare that they shall not be overlooked, O oh God. I thank you, O oh God, that they shall not think they're being overlooked, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, for you see them, O oh God. The eyes of you are upon them, O oh God. And remind them, O oh God, that you see them. You're watching them, O oh God. You're taking care of them, O oh God. You're providing for them. You are protecting for them, O oh God. You are opening doors in their lives, O oh God. So we thank you for open doors, O oh God. And any demon that has tried to stand in the middle of our doors, are trying to Block the doors that you've opened. We come up against now in the name of Jesus. And we release the Holy Ghost fire now to burn up every works of the enemy in the lives of these, your people, O oh God. So we thank you now, O oh God. We claim the victory, O oh God. We hold up the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ, declaring the victory, O oh God. And we thank you. We bless your name now. I rebuke the spirit of confusion now in the name of Jesus. I declare that clarity shall come. Holy Spirit, give these, your people, clarity in the name of Jesus, O oh God. Clear thinking, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Anything that's been clouding the minds, O oh God, that's not of you, O oh God, I rebuke it. I cast it out now in the name of Jesus. Any thought that's not from you, I cast it down now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we bless your name. We glorify your name. We thank you now. These and all of the best we ask. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Remember that you are the breath of God and God never wastes a breath. This is Apostle Green signing out. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. Good night. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.